Before we jump into this episode, we are putting together something special for December. And so we need you to call into our listener hotline and tell us about the most memorable gift you've been given. It's really easy to do this. And we promise that this line does not ring anywhere at all. It just gives you a chance to record your message to us. So just call the number 208 741 3880 and tell us about your most memorable gift. We can't wait to hear your stories. Welcome to the Adoption Connection podcast, where we share resources by and for adoptive and foster moms. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it and we're here for you. Today is a Mentor Moments episode where we answer a listener question. These episodes give you a chance to join the conversation and guarantee we're providing the most helpful tools and resources for exactly where you are. This week's question is, what do I do if my teen wants to move out? So I want to begin this whole episode by saying that this is a very complex question, and we have spent more time preparing for this mentor moment than any other because there are a lot of factors and because we want to answer carefully and we want to give you good advice. We're just going to give this our very best shot and hope that it is helpful to you as you're listening. Well, and here's the thing. This is a hard question and an easy question all at the same time. It's hard because we have personal experience and it's hard because we want to honor our kids and their stories and our experiences while still being helpful to you. And we are tackling it, even though it's hard. Because this is the kind of stuff that often gets overlooked. Uh, we know that a lot of you have reached out to us and our parenting teens who are really struggling. We don't have all the answers, but we have a lot of lived experience. And so we have a lot to offer. That's the easy part is we have a lot to offer. It's how to share it in the way that will be the most helpful, the most organized and the most respectful to both of our families. Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to talk about how we would handle this if our child was over 18 and how we would handle it if they're under 18, because they're all teens, but it's very, very different. But before we do that, we want to talk in general about what are the really hard things about having your teen want to move out as a parent. And I think one of the obvious ones is there's a lot of fear for us. You know, we're, we might be afraid that they're going to make really, really bad decisions. We might be afraid they could get hurt. We might be afraid that um, they'll get into a situation that ends up being bad and they're going to want us to rescue them. I mean, there are just a lot of fears, I think, swirling in our minds. I mean, parenting teens is complicated enough. And when you add this, I think it's easy to go to a lot of fear. So we have to, first of all, I think, calm ourselves before we dive into conversations about this with our teen. And I know for us, when we were really struggling with our teens, there was a lot of hurt pride on my part, feelings of rejection, feelings of, you know, we have poured so much of our life into helping you and we've sacrificed a lot. And I know, you know, on one hand, we didn't get into adoption to be thanked, but I don't know, there's something that really kind of, you know, hits a really sore spot when you feel like you have sacrificed so much as a family to help 
someone acclimate and, and help them with their trauma and dealt with really big behaviors to have them just look and be like, yeah, family's not really what I wanted, or I really don't, you're not a great parent. I don't like you. And I don't want to live here anymore. I really, I want to be done with you. I want to move out. And that is really hard emotionally to kind of wrestle with apart from all the practical things. Absolutely. I think it can be really painful, like to have your child say, you're not the family I wanted. I would never have picked you or, you know, all kinds of different things. I think it can really strike at our hearts. I also think for me with my personality, this kind of thing takes me to shame because if your teen moves out, likely, depending on how big of a community you live in, it's likely that people are going to know. You may need to notify their school. You may, if they're still in school, um, there may be people in your church community who are aware of it. And, you know, we can't throw our kids under the bus. We cannot explain all the details of why this has happened, which means that sometimes we're going to have to kind of sit in the reality that people may judge us. And we have to be okay with it. And it, that is really hard for me. I will just be 100% honest. And we have experienced that. Yeah, it's just really hard. And I think you've got to get a lot of support around you with friends and family speaking truth to you so that you don't uh, spiral down in that. Yeah, because you it's hard to defend yourself in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And I know we've been in situations as well where in self-protection, you know, our kids have told things that weren't fully the truth about their experience with us. And actually it's happened a couple of times and that's a lot of pride to swallow to not have to not be able to necessarily defend yourself. And again, so I think what you're saying, Lisa, is surrounding yourself with a close group of people who get it, whether it's friends and family, other adoptive moms, you know, we have a great group in the village, mm-hmm. but places where you can kind of vent all of that anger and frustration um, and not have to, you know, throw your kid or your you're in your child's relationship under the bus, kind of in a more public forum. I think community with other adoptive moms is just the key. It's so, so very important. So I think there's a lot, a lot of emotion to process in something like this. So having people you can process that with is really, really important. Okay. So let's talk more specifically about if your child, your teen wants to move out and they are 18 years or older. Let's talk about that first. How we talk about this, I think, you know, when we go back to personality, Lisa, you talked about shame. That's like your kind of first thing. My -hmm. first thing is a little bit of fear, but then I'm so self-protective about it. I very much cut it off and then it's anger. And then it's like, fine, you want to do that? You do that. That's the way you want it. Good riddance. (laughs) And I think we need some balance here, right? Because it could be that a little bit of separation from us and our child actually is really healthy for the relationship, even if it has to kind of go to a dark place first. Lisa, both you and me with various different combinations of our kids have experienced where sometimes, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know, even if it takes years is a little bit true. And so I think once we swallow our pride and process all of our emotions, we can approach this in a win-win situation. Right. We can actually help our child, our teen, make a good plan. You know, I mean, let's just think for a moment about the fact that some of our kids came to us at older ages. You know, they, maybe a child joined your family as a teen or tween or, you know, 
and had they had not really been parented before, their concept of what a parent should be like and how what life should look like might be vastly different from what you were expecting. So, I mean, I think pausing to think about what were our expectations when we went into this, do those need to be adjusted? <laughs> you know, do we need to make some major adjustments and say, okay, you are 18 years old. I want what's best for you. And I want to help you make a positive plan. In our kids' situations as well, they had expectations about how we were going to treat them at 18. I think there was a lot of unspoken fear and some spoken anxiety about us cutting them off at 18. I think in some cases, they were trying to beat us to the punch, that they wanted Mm -hmm. to try to separate and kind of gain some independence so that we couldn't at 18 cut them off. And they had a lot of doubts about how we were going to continue to treat them as family once they were adults. And so I think we have an opportunity to be supportive, even though we're hurt and to say, I see that you want X, Y, and Z. Here's a way I think you could do that. Or I'm really excited to see how this works out for you. Even if you have a lot of doubts that they're not ready. Um, We have had that. And let me tell you, there's something about a young adult given a little bit of support and knowing that they have a cheerleader and a safe place to land and a sense of purpose. And sometimes they surprise us and they rise to the occasion and they might not do it the way we think they should, or we would have, but they still land on their feet. It's kind of amazing. (laughs) I mean, we, we have a friend, a mutual friend who has a daughter who decided to go to college and they never anticipated that, but it came from her daughter. It was her dream. Yeah, she applied and, without them even knowing. Right. And then they were able to sort of come alongside her. And you know what? It's going well, <laughs> you know? So our kids might even surprise us. They might. So but let's talk about some of the practical things. I mean, one option um, that some of our kids have both chosen is to go to Job Corps. Melissa, do you want to explain a little bit about what Job Corps is? So Job Corps is a publicly funded program. Uh, The government would call it a scholarship program, but it's an education program for kids who are either below the poverty line or have some kind of learning disability or some other kind of more minor uh, mental health diagnoses like anxiety, things like that can qualify you to be a candidate to be able to use Job Corps services. And a lot of Job Corps are residential, I I guess, even in COVID. Um, Some are just day programs, but we were able to find a residential program for our kids that was about three hours away. At the time that our kids went, you actually could go as early as 16. It's really a, a great option if you know, you're really struggling with your child and they really just feel like they need a little bit of space from you. Maybe you feel like you need a little bit of space and it's a safe place. You know, if they go and they're under 18, they still need permission to go off campus and things like that, but they're living semi-independently with a lot of structure, which is something our kids often really need, right? So there's a, there's a wake up time and there's morning chores and there's classes. And if your child still needs a diploma or a GED, they'll help get that. They'll help them get their driver's license, and then they get to kind of major in a trade of some sort. So things like drywall or carpentry, there's hospitality 
you know, depending on what age you are, there's even some um, kind of like med tech uh, pre-nursing type situations. And so your student gets to choose what they want to kind of focus in. And so they'll come out with job skills in that area with a certificate and go on and Job Corps will help find them placement for their job after they get out. And because it is funded by the government, there is no cost to your child or to you. So it's a pretty phenomenal opportunity for a young person who maybe isn't college bound or at least aren't isn't college bound yet, but who wants some job training and maybe isn't either financially or in other ways ready to have an apartment and just get into a training program by themselves. It's got a pretty big safety net, I think. So I, and also I do believe it varies. There are differences state to state. So you would want, if someone's interested in Job Corps, you want to look into it in your state and uh, contact the office there if you want more information on that. Yeah. It is possible to go out of state. Both, we both have kids who went to out of state Job Corps. So, I mean, it is a federal program. So there is some movement. You don't have to go, like, if your state doesn't have a Job Corps campus that's maybe residential, you can opt to go to a campus across state lines for sure. Yes. Yeah. And my child did that for a particular program, but it did involve an extra sort of loop or hoop to jump through with the application process. But that's right. So another thing we want to talk about is just how do we support our kids when they're making this kind of transition? And one of the best questions to ask is, what do you need? What do you need? How can I help you? You know, I think it's easy to assume that we know what they want help with. And I think asking the question is a really good idea. Yeah. And I would say for parents, the question we should ask ourselves is what is success in this situation? You know, success might be, maybe there is maybe a safety thing and um, you think them moving out is a the best for everybody. And so if that's the case, then remember that we can't be too picky about, especially for our kids who are over 18, where they're headed after they move on from us. And if you need that space and that break from maybe all the drama, or if there's a safety concern, um, you know, be as supportive as you can and, you know, hold your reservations for whatever reservations you have about whatever that next situation is. And, you know, there are lots of crazy decisions that some of our kids make and we think, oh gosh, I don't know about that. But just remember, you can be a safe place. Well, let me comment on that really quickly. You can be a safe place, but that does not necessarily mean that your child can move back in your home. You know, you can be a safe person emotionally, someone they can come to. But, you know, I think it's important to consider safety. Like you mentioned, Melissa, it's also really important to think about the other children in the home and how much they can handle a sibling moving in and out. And are we going to rearrange bedrooms? Are we going to hold their bedroom for them? You know, I just think it can be a lot. And some of us are parenting younger kids who also have their own trauma histories, their own losses. And so keeping them safe emotionally and physically has to be a priority. There also might be, you might think, I just want to continue to have a relationship with my child. And Lisa and I both want to encourage you that having your child move out, especially if it's not under great circumstances, does not mean it's the end of the story for you or your relationship with your child. So if you want to kind of preserve some of that relationship, um, then think about how you can feel like a cheerleader for your kid 
you know, and that doesn't mean you have to fund the whole thing. I, we would never, you know, recommend that you co-sign or all these different things. But I think, again, some of us have personalities where we're going to want to play devil's advocate or poke holes or try to protect them from a fall by asking lots of questions. And sometimes that can feel like we're not supportive. So think about, you know, what is your definition of success? Also on the practical side of the moving in and out, check your state's laws. Some laws are super, what we call tenant friendly, not super landlord friendly. And once your child's over 18, technically they're a tenant, right? They're not, the law doesn't really see them as family. And so in some states, it's as few as just two nights to get residency in a situation. And so in order to, if it doesn't work out or if it gets unsafe, you'll need to go through the full eviction process with a judge's order to have your child leave again if it doesn't work out. So just be wise about, you know, the moving in and out. Um, we have a pretty flexible moving in and out policy in our house right now. We have a state where that's okay. And we have relationships where we feel like we have some margin and some ca- relationship capital where that's okay, but that might not be your situation. And so just go in with your eyes wide open. Well, and let's remember that in terms of brain science, our children, even our kids who are over 18, their brains are not fully developed. Their brains are still developing. Not only that, I just think, like you said, Melissa, it's just not over. Their lives are in process. And I talk a lot about that love is patient. And that doesn't mean for a day or a week. It might mean for a decade, love is patient. And we just, I think we can always have hope for our relationships with our kids. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I've shared a ton of this on the podcast, but because of my father being in youth ministry for a long time, and because my generation of cousins on our side of the family came to our family through adoption. And then because we adopted older kids who are now in their twenties, we have seen a lot of stories unfold and we've had situations where we've had young adults or teens leave our house under not great circumstances. And in pretty much every situation at this point, we've seen a amazing amount of redemption and reconnection. But I'll tell you, in some of the stories, it took over a decade. And in some of the stories, you know, that teen or young adult was in their early 30s before they were able to make reconnection. But we've just seen such amazing things happen. So, you know, I just have experience after experience after experience in our family to say that it's not over until it's over. And even when you think it's over, you know, years later, it might come back and something will surprise you. Absolutely. All right. If your child is under 18 and they want to move out, we're talking, you know, some of the emotions are going to be the same, but there's a lot more um, complexity because you can't just let them just move out and do whatever they want. You know, we are legally responsible for our kids. So that is another um, time to consider, depending on your child, to consider Job Corps, because again, they take kids under 16 and it should be a safe environment. So that's a possibility for uh, a young person who's saying they want to move out and they don't want to be in your home anymore. 
Yeah, I think the other thing is, again, how can we create a win-win or how can we make it feel like we are on their team? So rather than just saying, you can't move out, you're not 18, how can we say, well, it sounds like you're really wanting some more independence. How can we help you get that? What are some things that you might need to know or you might need? Are you going to need a job? Are you going to need to start gathering material possessions? You know, you can help them. And maybe once the reality starts to set in, maybe that's really not what they want. I also think, you know, going back to the definition of success, um, think about what that is and then filter which battles you pick with teens through that. Again, it's different for every family, but I know in our story, I picked all the wrong battles and too many. And that was creating a lot of the tension around, I just can't wait to get out of here because I have this crazy mom who, you know, is in my business all the time. And so, especially with older teens, 16, 17, as they're heading to 18, we need to start thinking about do we want to sacrifice our relationship over music choice or clothing choice or friend choice, gaming choice, you know, academics, all of these things? Um, or can we start giving them an opportunity to make their own decisions while still being in a safe environment, in a connected environment? Um, and that's a scary place to be as a parent, but I'll tell you, on our second tribe of kids that are going through our house right now, that's more the posture that we're taking. And it seems counterintuitive and it's certainly scary, but the relationship that we have with our kids is much different than with our first set of kids. And we've been able to use these principles with our second set of kids kind of on a second try and the level of respect and communication that we've able, been able to get by letting go of some of those battles has been worth all the relationship and all the risk. Well, and I think if we, like you're talking about the putting the relationship first, we want to always keep as much as possible at the center of our interactions with our kids. Now, I'm not talking here about issues that are unsafe, but we want to keep that relationship as open as we can. And it may not feel very good for a while, you know, that again, it does not mean it won't heal and mature and change. So I think also with a younger teen, we want to be sure that we are helping to put a support team together for them. So if you have a teen who's wanting to move out and you're part of a church community, maybe there's someone in your church who would be willing to let your teen live with them for a period of time, like decide on an amount of time and say, let's, we just want to let him try this, you know, um, talk with a school counselor. Like they need to know if your child's not living at home, they will like, well, it depends on how big the school is, I guess. But in our community, it's better to bring people into the loop than keep them out of the loop, I think. But we want our kids to know that you know, we are not the end all be all as the parents. There are other adults who can be part of their lives and be helpful supports. Now, I would say in contrast, we've talked about this a fair bit. It is not helpful if someone invites your child to move in with them without being on your team. If they are not talking to you and saying, hey, can we help out? 
is there something we can do? Would you like us to invite him to live with us for a month or two or for the summer or whatever? I think I know a number of people who have experienced having someone who's pretty sure like they're okay, they're well-meaning, but they're pretty sure they can do it better. And I'm guessing some of you out there listening are being like, oh yeah, that's happened to us. You know, and those people who think they can do it better, who may be taken in by things your child has told them or their impressions of things, those people are not helpful. I would be really cautious in that kind of situation to give permission. But again, you just have to navigate it as best you can. And again, it is very complicated. Yeah, it's super, super tricky. I think all of this is tricky and Every situation has nuances. Um, so, you know, if this is something that maybe you're really struggling with and you want to tease it out with a group of moms who has kind of walked in your shoes or is walking it out now, we do have a group called The Village and we talk about all kinds of things in The Village, but we do once a month gather as a group of moms who are parenting just teens and young, or parenting teens and young adults where all the moms in that group are doing that. We have, we'll break out into breakouts, you know, based on age. Um, and so that's a safe place to kind of explore and hear what other people have done and, and know that you're not alone, get emotional support. Because like we said, it is a tricky thing to navigate emotionally, uh, to have a child who is struggling that much where your relationship is really, um, struggling that much. So. We have been there. We get it. We want to support you. And so um, if that's you and you feel like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to some other moms who get it. I didn't know that I wasn't the only one. Um, we would love for you to have a month in the village for free and have a chance to chat with some other moms about all the things that are unique about parenting teens who have come to your family through adoption. So you can do that at theadoptionconnection.com slash village trial. If you have a question you'd like us to tackle in a mentor moment, we would love to hear from you. You can call our line and I promise nobody answers it. It's just a way for you to leave a recording. The number for that is 208-741-3880. Or you can email your question to us at email at theadoptionconnection.com. We love to hear your questions. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram as The Adoption Connection. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick review over on iTunes. It will help us reach more moms who may be feeling alone. And remember, until next week... You're a good mom, doing good work, and we're here for you. The music for the podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevere.